Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast. How are you doing right now? Oh, I'm having a, such a strange day. <laughs> Today is, I, I have no idea what day of quarantine it is. I, I don't know, how long did we we count? I think the first month we were really counting because it felt like, ooh, this is like, <laughs> this is crazy. This is a big deal. And this is all so strange. Now everything feels normal. I think it's going to feel really strange to head out into the world again. I know it's been more than two solid months. I have not seen the inside of a grocery store for two months, which is super odd. Of course, we still do groceries once a week, but my husband has graciously taken on that task. I haven't seen anybody, haven't been to a restaurant, haven't had the studio open, have had every day some weird sense of dread, you know, and having this for two months straight, which we all have been experiencing, which we all are experiencing to different levels and different degrees right now. It's taxing. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm, what I'm sitting with today. It's just that feeling of, of heaviness or that feeling of dread, which comes and goes along with all the, the change, the unwanted change that we've experienced, all the, the loss that we've experienced. And of course, the silver linings and the good things that also have come our way throughout this time. All in all, the, <laughs> the consensus is, it's heavy. It is, it is. Two months. And for some of you, you know, if you're in other parts of the world or different parts of Europe or Asia, you know, it's, it's much longer than that. But for us over here, it's two months and, and something. <sighs> Lea Luna, uh, this happened. So we, we went into lockdown. It was March 13th. It was her birthday. <laughs> and she still talks about her birthday party every day. You know, she's three years old. I don't think she has a solid grasp of time yet. But she still talks about her birthday party every day, asking us when, you know, soon. We're going to have this birthday party soon. She's very clear about the fact that, because that's what we told her. It's, we can't have it now, but it's going to be soon. And it's 60 days later, two months later, and it's still happening soon at some point. 
And I'm just like, are we really going to ever, you know, all the things that were missed, right? The celebrations, the milestones, the anniversaries, the graduations, like all the things now that were put on, on hold. Are, are they going to happen? <laughs> you know, is there going to be a moment where we can suddenly all gather in that same way? Or I, I, I have a lot of, a lot of questions today. So before I, I dive into, dive into all of this, how about we take a moment to, to ground? Yeah. Yeah. I need it. <laughs> I need it. I think it means you need it too, wherever you are. So taking a moment just right now, as you are, close your eyes. Let's find a way to physically connect to the body right now. So if it means putting your hands somewhere on your body, on your belly, your heart, your legs, just wherever you're at, intuitively reach for this connection with your body here now. Our bodies are, you know, one of many things that are likely to have changed during this pandemic. I can definitely feel it. So see if as you reach for your body right now, as you make this connection, if you can do it just with love, right? Just from an open space of embracing where you are right now. And then with that, allow yourself to move into a bit of a deepening of the breath right now. Breathing in through the nose, out through the nose. And start to slow things down just a bit. Shift awareness from your from your mind, from your ego, from your thinking brain. And bring that awareness into the body, to that deeper level of, of your heart, of your soul. And maybe connecting to that place, that place in the bottom of the belly where you can sense a bit of, of connection. Our, our seat of trust, you know, that gut feeling of, of intuition and of trust, of trusting in the world. It sit, sits right there in the pit of the stomach. Maybe checking in, just noticing what's lingering there right now. And as you continue to breathe, as you continue to keep your awareness in this really beautiful, precious place, notice and witness what comes up for you. So for me in this moment, I can immediately sense a bit of sadness. I can feel it. It's almost this kind of cool feeling in my belly, some sadness there today. I can feel a bit of heaviness across my heart. And at the same time, I feel there's ease present in my body too. It's always a wonderful moment when you can actually experience two contrasting things or two contrasting feelings at the same time. Like, okay, hmm. I can feel sad and, and also experience a, a sense of flow, right? Or a sense of ease in my body. I can feel some despair and also be grateful, right? Isn't that interesting how we can be so many things, feel so much all at the same time. So whatever is true for you in this moment, whatever is surfacing, whatever you are feeling here now, just take a few moments to allow for that to be the way it is. 
such a powerful practice. Yeah, just for a moment, acknowledging what's unfolding and putting the resistance down, especially for things that are uncomfortable, right? It's hard to sit with grief. It's hard to experience and really be with frustration or angst or anxiety. So it's a really beautiful practice to just acknowledge and be with whatever's here now. To not be so quick to try to change it or shift it or move away from it, but just notice. If a deep breath wants to come through, sometimes when we put a bit of resistance down and we allow, there's that deep, big belly breath that just comes our way. It's like the body can just relax into that allowing a little bit. Like, okay, yeah, I feel anxiety. Okay. It's okay to feel that way. Right? I don't have to add another layer of emotion on top of the, of the emotion, you know, adding guilt to the anxiety or shame to the feeling or whatever it is we're attaching to as negative or feeling like it shouldn't be that way. You know, it's just putting that resistance down and acknowledging that this is where I am. This is where we are. So let's take a, another deep breath into this place here now as we are. And then open the mouth and let some of it out. Let's do that again. That felt good. So inhale in through the nose. Open the mouth. And gently blink your eyes back open. <laughs> Feels so good just to connect, right? And it doesn't take any time at all. I think we can spend whole days kind of moving around the core of what we really need to sit with and we get really busy and you know we get caught up in this idea of things we have to get done or where we should be in our lives or what we're thinking about or talking about or arguing about or trying to fix and actually all we need is to just be with ourselves speaking from the heart in this moment where am I I have a lot of weird things going on in my life right now <laughs> it's 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 kind of fascinating actually I mean we all have weird things going on in our lives like we're all in the middle of this strange strange pandemic this weird weird terrible awful and beautiful somehow at the same time time of our lives and somehow my my life keeps getting a little stranger. I don't know. So there's a lot of things coming my way right now that actually I can't get into details about, just some specific things that are that are private or just that I can't can't share in detail right now, which makes of course talking about them in a podcast a little bit challenging. But what I'm kind of understanding in terms of of where I have arrived in my life right now is this feeling of underlying issues that I've had within myself or patterns that have been really hard for me to realize and to actually let go of, like things that haven't really been working that have been inside of me, right? Whether it's been a feeling of feeling overwhelmed, 
a feeling of stress, a feeling of having to accomplish all the time, a feeling of, of giving too much. I've had that a lot or a feeling of being taken advantage of in different ways, a feeling of distrust, a feeling of not being safe, like whatever it is that, you know, over the past months and years that I've been going through and experiencing, I'm in this space in my life right now where for some reason the universe is kind of, it's like I can imagine the universe like taking its hand and putting it straight down my throat into my heart, pulling that discomfort of whatever that challenge is out into the world and manifesting it into something actually tangible and real in my life. <laughs> I don't know if this worked as like a metaphor to paint the picture, but do you guys understand what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, like this pandemic, the first weeks of the pandemic, you know, when, when I thought Lea Luna had Corona, when I thought we thought she had COVID-19 and she had to get tested. And, you know, I was kind of stockpiling foods because I was terrified that Aruba wouldn't have any foods. And I really had this sense of we're not safe. I don't feel that way anymore because, yeah, two months have passed and, you know, surprise, surprise, we're still OK. <laughs> but that feeling of like, oh, my God, I don't feel safe in this world. And I realized very quickly that, hey, this fear isn't new right? Like I have been through enough trauma in my life that I've had that, that feeling of not being safe. It has been lingering inside of me for as long as I can remember. Like I've never really, never really felt safe in this world. And that was a huge epiphany for me to have, to realize how unsafe I have felt, how much of my life has been spent trying to orchestrate or create a sense of safety that wasn't there. Right. And all, also how much, you know, time and energy I've spent fearing things like thinking about and, and imagining and envisioning and kind of going through scenarios in my head of losing people that I love. All of this is very normal, right? If you've ever lost someone, if you've been through loss, if you've been through a trauma or traumatic experience, this is all super normal, absolutely human. But for me, I haven't been, it hasn't been a very conscious thing. You know, I haven't had that consciously in, in front of me, kind of in my mind's eye of like, oh, like, hey, Rach, like, remember, remember that it's hard for you to feel safe, right? Remember that a sense of safety for you is a really important thing. That's why you act this way in these kinds of relationships. That's why you get really controlling sometimes. That's why you check the baby monitor a hundred times every day, like when, when, or every night when your daughter's sleeping, like... I've had those kinds of patterns, but I haven't been so aware, I haven't been aware of them enough for me to bring kindness into that situation. Does that make sense? And then the moment it was like, okay, I had this sense of this lack of safety that I've felt inside of me my whole life. It was manifested in real time, like in real life, like, okay, global pandemic, we aren't safe right? There was a big moment there where really we didn't feel safe. We didn't know if we were safe. The media was telling us all day long, we're not safe. We didn't know, are we going to have food? Are we going to get sick? Are we going to die? Are we going to be okay? And I had those moments or those days of kind of, you know, pushing myself into a frenzy, trying to, to get my things in order to experience some sense of safety. And through that experience, of course, you know, I was able to actually relate to, hey, this isn't new. <laughs> it was like, you know, this isn't a new feeling for me. Not feeling safe. Like, I know what this is like. It's just heightened, right? It's just, oh, I keep coming back to this thing that Glennon Doyle, if, if you don't follow Glennon Doyle on Instagram, you must. She's a treasure. But uh, we did a bathroom floor session on Instagram Live. 
And, and she said this sentence that just really stuck out to me where we're talking about how the feelings and the fears and the anxieties that we're feeling now, it's not new. It's all things that we've already felt, already had inside. It's like, here's what she said. It's like we're in the advanced class of what, of the class we're always in, of the class we're already in. It's like what we're experiencing now. It's just the advanced version of everything that's already true, right? So the fear is bigger. Yeah, because it's pandemic fear. It's like a big global thing. But that sense of, of, of not feeling safe, it's like I felt like that all the time, you know. And the moment I recognized that, the moment I could kind of reconcile those things of like, oh, hey, you know, this isn't new. I've known this feeling before. Actually, I walk around with this feeling kind of all the time. <laughs> it's actually like for me, when I, when I enter a new space, a new situation, new scenario, like this is my, it's, it's, it's kind of my, my, my core sense of, of operating even. I'm always the one who wants to control every situation, who wants to make sure we have everything in order. I overpack because I'm scared we're not going to have enough. I overprepare when we're traveling. Like I'll bring enough food for like to feed the whole plane because I'm scared we're going to run out of food. Like the feeling of, of shortage, the feeling of lack, the feeling of not being safe, of having to keep track of everything, know where everyone is, know how everyone's doing. Like I always, I've always been that way. <laughs> you know, it's just coronavirus like made that into an advanced version, right? A heightened version of everything I was already experiencing. So in a sense, you know, that fear was also a huge opportunity for me, a really big opportunity, a big, yeah, almost like a big blessing actually for me to get really clear with what's lingering inside of me that maybe isn't serving me very well, you know, or maybe realizing that, hey, okay, I have a big wound here that I haven't attended to in a long time. And when I can get conscious with it and bring some kindness to it, it eliminates a lot of the, the guilt that comes along with patterns that I have in my life in terms of how I interact in different situations. So for instance, we'll be in a situation of, of whatever, something that I, that brings me discomfort because I'm not feeling safe and I go into over-controlling mode right? I'm not feeling safe for whatever reason. And I feel like the way to safety is for me to know everything, right? I need to be in charge. I need to know exactly what we're doing. I need to have everything mapped out and planned out. I need to be in the know because being in the know, being in control makes me feel safe. It's like, makes me feel like I can control the outcome. So I'll go into that overdrive kind of crazy controlling mode, which of course is horrible for other people in my life. <laughs> I mean, usually that other people in my life is my husband, right? And when I go into that space of like, I need to control everything, I get really bossy, I get kind of shrill, I can get mean, you know, if I don't get my way in those moments when it's like, it's important to me that we do this my way, but it comes out in kind of a bad way, you know? So usually when that happens, what comes along with is I tack on another feeling to that feeling, the underlying feeling of anxiety and fear. And that feeling usually is guilt, afterwards like oh I shouldn't have done that why am I like this like why do I have to be so controlling oh it's just it's not a it's not attractive kind of embarrassing and I'm like creating issues in my relationship and it's oh, I don't want to be this person right and then I feel guilty because I acted in that way when actually you know when I can be really present and conscious with the fact that hey you lack a general sense of safety in life that's a huge fucking thing. <laughs> like 
that is not one, it's not normal, right? You shouldn't have to walk through life not feeling safe. Like that is like a basic thing that we all deserve to feel safe and secure in life. Like, holy shit, that's a massive thing. And then it makes sense for me to be this way. It's like the moment I'm conscious with it and I can relate the fact that I am the way I am because of these things that happened to me. So of course I don't feel safe. So of course I'm a little more controlling than other people are, especially in, in situations that that take me out of my comfort zone or that make me kind of throw me, you know, in, 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 in places where I just get triggered in different ways. And the moment I'm conscious, I can bring kindness into that space. I can just like, okay, hey, hey, Rach, you know, I can kind of remind myself like, okay, we're touching in that area now where there's something happening that makes you feel unsafe right now. Let's address that, right? Before I jump into the reaction of the overdrive, the trying to manipulate the situation, trying to control, getting angry, whatever it is, you know, before I jump into that reaction, let's get, let's sit with it for a little bit. Let's take a breath here. Let's let's define maybe or trace our steps back to what is the thing here that makes you feel so unsafe? And how about we talk about that? You know, it's such a different thing for me to to tell my husband, like, hey, so it often happens when when we're traveling. This is like I don't talk about this a lot, but I am really not, I don't want to say I'm scared of flying because I'm not you know, there's fear of, of flying, like people have legitimate big fears that keep them from wanting to take flights. And, you know, that kind of like makes you want to bring a volume on a plane, like I don't have that. But I generally don't feel good on a plane. Like, let, let me let's put it at that. Like turbulence on a plane, yeah, freaks me out completely. I guess I am a little scared of flying, but we do fly. Normally we fly, like I have flown a lot in my life. We fly obviously not at all now and less over the past couple of years. But so whenever we are gearing up to kind of leave our regular comfortable situation of home, which is like where I know where everything is, I know we have enough of everything. I know everybody's safe. Everybody's going to sleep. Everybody's going to eat. Basic needs are going to be met. And then we're going on this like 20 hour journey. Say we're going to Sweden and I don't know if Leia's going to sleep. I don't know what, if she's going to eat. I don't know if we're going to be taken care of. I don't know what's going to happen on the way. It's like a lot of unknowns that, that trigger me in different ways. And I'm kind of a little scared to fly right? We've had moments, there's like a story that I, that I tell sometimes because it's funny now, but my husband will literally sleep his way through anything in any situation. Like things that for me feel like terror and death, he, he'll just nap through it. Like it's not a big deal. So we've been on that, like the worst moment that I've ever had on a plane, the kind of, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. I can't remember where we were going. It was also like around a time in my life where I had a lot of loss. So I was already very anxious, like as I was. And we were on a, on a plane and it kind of hit crazy turbulence, like crazy bad weather, you know, and it was a night flight, which for some reason always makes it feel worse, you know, when it's like quiet on the plane and people are sleeping and then all of a sudden you're being thrown around in the plane. And it got so bad, like baggage, like those luggage things, overhead bins opened and luggage fell out. All the stewardesses like went to their seats and strapped in you know, like obviously they canceled all the service and it was like the pilot basically was like, hold on, like strap down and hold on. Like, you know, and when the stewardesses start to freak out, it, that's kind of the universal sign that like everybody's freaking out. So there was people on the plane crying. There was shrieking happening. You know, it wasn't like an orderly turbulence where people would just keep it together. It was like, we're all going to die. Like that was the feeling. And Dennis was asleep. <laughs> he was asleep. 
he just slept right through our imminent death. And it got so bad, like I was full on bawling, crying, that I had to like shake him and wake him up. <laughs> and he was like, well, it's kind of funny. I was like, Dennis, wake up. We're dying and you're missing it. <laughs> because that's that's how we are, right? I'm like, we're dying and you're missing it because you're fucking asleep, right? And he's just peacefully sleeping his way through the worst turbulence of all time. Such a fucking, the contrast of how different we are in so many ways. It's so funny. But so (laughs) if you know Dennis, you just know like that is so him. He is the calmest, like chillest, chillest person alive. But anyway, so the moment I can, you know, even before a trip, like if I'm conscious about the fact that, okay, hey, this is challenging for me because it's triggering traumatic experiences that I've had in my life. It's triggering that sense of of discomfort, of fear. And then when I feel like I'm getting to that place of like, I'm triggered now, a lot of things are happening. I'm stressed out traveling. Here are all the like unknown factors that make me worried that kind of get me into that place of like becoming a challenging person to deal with. If I instead of jumping into that place where I just react and I go a little crazy, if I'm aware of the fact that, hey, this is part of who I am, right? And I can give my husband a little heads up, like, hey, you know, we're about to go on this trip. You know, that's that's stressful for me. Can we like, can we talk about that right now? You know, can we, can, can you be in charge of these things, for instance? I'm going to overpack a little bit here because that's something that we fight about. Sometimes he would travel with like nothing and I always overpack. And when I explain like, hey, it makes me feel safer and calmer when I know we have food for the whole day, you know, is that okay? Instead of him like on the plate, like what the fuck did you put in here? Why did you pack so much stuff? You know, kind of having that like agreement beforehand where he's aware of the fact that we're entering a space where I feel unsafe, which is going to stress me out, then he can have more compassion. And then I can have more compassion for myself. So instead of adding guilt on top of all of these feelings that I'm acting in a way that I quote unquote, shouldn't act. I can bring compassion in, you know, I can take a breath and I can turn to him in the middle of that flight and go, (laughs) but you heard my kid laughing. I can turn to him in the middle of that flight and go, Hey, this is one of those moments where I'm really scared. Can you, can you hold my hand? Can you stay awake? You know, can you be here with me for this scary moment? Thank you. Like those things, it's so small, it's so little, but just by being aware of it, I can address it and I can have a totally different outcome of that whole experience, right? So that is why like this fear of this pandemic, it it was a good thing for me that I actually got to face the fact that there's so many moments in my life where I already don't feel safe and I want to work through that. I'll probably never become, you know, I'll probably never experience the kind of calm inside that a person who's never experienced trauma probably takes for granted and that's okay right it's not about you know doing this kind of healing work because we're trying to become someone that we're not or we're trying to change our personalities or become different people but for me to to search for that sense of peace in my life and to make it a priority like knowing for me to feel safe that needs to be a priority in my life And when I get into areas where I don't or parts of my life where I don't, that trigger that sense of like, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if we're going to be okay. I don't know if people are going to die here or not. You know, for me to address that, work with that and calm those fears as much as I can, that needs to be a priority in my life, 100%. And the fact that it hasn't, it's kind of crazy, (laughs) you know? 
And I think we all do this in different ways. Like we all have these major wounds, these big things that happen to us in our lives that we're not even presently working through, that we're not even aware of. So we just go into these kind of reactive modes where we just act the way we act because of what happened to us and we're not present with it at all. And of course, it creates all of this drama in our lives, all of these issues or problems. So that is why whenever we find ourselves in a place where suddenly we're in the advanced class, <laughs> advanced version of the class that we're always in, that is a super shitty, terrible place to be, but it's also a massive opportunity. It really is. The things that are coming my way now, like these strange things that are happening, and it's like strange things happening around our business in a sense. I have some strange things happening in a couple of relationships in a sense. It is really the same stuff that I was already feeling inside. Like it's really, it's, 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 it's really quite fascinating. One of those things that I'm really working with right now is boundaries. And I've shared that a couple of times on this, on this show. We've had, I think, entire episodes dedicated to boundaries. And setting boundaries in our lives, it's one of those things that if we're not actively doing that, if we're not aware of where and how it's important for us to set boundaries for ourselves, it's going to be such a freaking game changer the moment we even bring our awareness to the fact that this is possible, that you're going to wonder, how did I live my whole life without these boundaries put in place? I'm going to give a really small example. This is just something that came my way yesterday. So a friend of mine, a girl I super, super, super mega love, who if you don't follow her online, you must because she's incredible. Haley Jacobson, maybe you guys know who she know who she is already. So I was on her profile. She was she, she writes beautiful things. She's a writer. She's she's amazing. And she has a, a highlight in her profile, you know, an Instagram profile. So you can have like little highlights where you collect things in your stories. And it's called boundaries. And maybe she mentioned it or she directed people there for some reason. And I was like, what's this? And I open it up and it's literally her telling her community. So the people who follow her on Instagram, what her boundaries are in terms of how she wants people to interact with her and how she's willing to interact with people in this space. And just opening this up, just reading, just the flash of it, like here are the boundaries that I'm setting. Like here are kind of the, the rules of interacting in this space. This is, is my online space. Like this is a piece of my heart, a piece of my brain. We spend a lot of time, obviously, in these little bubbles of, of online and social media. And here is how I want you to respect me. And my, my, my jaw dropped to the floor. It has never, I've been on social media for what, eight years? Like seven or no, eight years, I think. Since like what, 2012, it's 2020 now. Yeah, I've spent eight years of my life present somehow in, in the online world. And I have never, never, it's never occurred to me that it's well within my right to set a boundary for how I want people to interact with me and how I want to interact with people on that platform. It's never once occurred to me. I have kind of lived in the online space, like as if it's like a free for all, right? Everyone's invited. I, I, I did this for a lot for a long time. I like prided myself in the fact that I would never block people. Never, never, not for years. I would never block people from my Instagram account, even though I have millions of followers. And obviously the likelihood of people who are maybe crazy, maybe super mean, maybe there for really bad reasons. 
maybe hateful, maybe whatever, like those chances are really high, right? And I prided myself with this, this idea that I had that everyone is welcome here. Everyone can enter this space. This is a space for everyone. We are a community. I love all of you. Everyone is welcome. So I would like encourage healthy discussion. You know, you can, you can say anything and I will not delete comments. I never deleted comments and never blocked people for years (laughs) thinking that that was like this this good, kind thing to do, right? That everyone should feel welcome to voice their opinions in their way. Like somehow, like that's just like, like, like kind of like my Instagram profile and platform should be like a dumping ground for everybody's opinions about everything, including hostile, violent, negative, and really mean opinions about me. Like I would leave that there. (laughs) Can you guys, like now that I'm even saying it, like how fucking crazy is that? How crazy is that? Now, I know there are like, there are some people who exist in the online space who have a total inability to deal with people who don't agree with everything they say. And that's not my thing, right? I think it's absolutely like, there's there's a difference between having healthy discussion about a topic where I can actually learn something new from other people. It's like, you know, we don't need to all be sheep and just mindlessly follow people forever and that's it. You know, there's a difference between, you know, having healthy discussion and debate and letting people be different and allowing people to dump hateful shit in your lap every day. And I would have that every day, even though I'm, I'm, you know, in this yoga space and you would think that that people who follow me online are like, I don't know, somehow into somehow into spirituality in some shape or form. Like I have had such horrible things come my way through the online world. It is absolutely unreal. I have seen blogs online dedicated to hating me, accounts created dedicated to mocking me, people who have literally, you know, if I, if I, if I, like sometimes I'll, I'll see like a negative comment or a hateful comment from a person. And the first thing I do is I click on that person's profile and I, and then I click the button that says send message as if I want to send them a message. And that opens up the direct message link, right? The direct message thread. And oftentimes, like more often than not, the person who's writing something hateful or who's upset about something or who's whatever has spent years, years in direct message with me that I haven't seen. You know, you have to allow direct messages for them to end up in your inbox and I get too many to be able to approve and engage with them all. So like they, people who have had a one-sided conversation with me for years where they just hate everything I do where every single message they've ever sent me is negative. You're, you look so old. You have wrinkles everywhere. Ew, that's disgusting. Your skin looks terrible. Ugh, you're so fat. How did you gain all that weight? You're a terrible mom. Get that phone out of your daughter's face. Thing after thing after thing after thing. And it's like now, you know, just because I'm, <laughs> I don't know why it took me so long. But now the moment I see that, it's like, oh, here's a person fucking hates my guts, right? I have no reason. There's no reason in the universe why I need to have that land in my lap every day. I don't need that person in my space. And I can make the conscious decision to block them. Bye. <laughs> like, that's okay. Probably their life will be enriched too, because they won't be triggered by whatever it is that I'm doing that's triggering them every day. And I absolutely, definitely do not need to see that kind of hateful stuff in my space all the time. Like that is not a healthy thing to do. And for me, seeing how Haley had these, like her boundaries included, it it was stated so clearly. I am not, it's not my responsibility to respond to every message I get on here. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) It's not 
your responsibility to answer every direct message. And I'll have days where I exhaust myself trying to get back to as many people as possible because I somehow feel like it's like, it's a privilege to have a community this big and I want to give it back. I want people to feel seen. I want to be like, hey, you're writing me something beautiful or you're cheering me on in some shape or form or you're just along for the ride. And I want to be like, yay, thank you. Hey, I see you, you know. But then sometimes I'll do that to the point of like, of it being totally exhausting, of, of it feeling like, like it's my responsibility. Like I, I owe it to people to answer everything they say. That's not true. And she had that boundary set. Like, it's not my responsibility to answer all of this. So, you know, you, you do not have the right to get upset if I don't answer your direct messages. If you want to engage with me, you know, in a, in a proper real manner, she had like another avenue for, for specific areas. And then she had like, here are triggers for me. I do not want you to write me, including stories about X, Y, Z, because that's triggering for me and it's not healthy for me to see that. And it was just, it was really not that complicated, but for me, just the whole mere idea of having a boundary set in the online world, it has never occurred to me, blew my mind open. And I am really kind of sitting with, I would love to, I would love to have some parameters set for that. I do not want to be a dumping ground for everybody's feelings and emotions and, and horrible, hard things and, and hate and violence and things that comes my way scarily fucking often. So now, like, I am way quicker with hitting that block button, you know, whenever something feels off, when it feels like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't need that. It's not my responsibility. It's not, I don't owe it to anybody to sit with that or to entertain that person's hateful thoughts or to explain myself. And that's also something that's been a, a big one for me. I, I spend a lot of time explaining myself if there's someone there who doesn't agree with why I do what I do. It's like, I got a message this morning and it kind of hurt my feelings and it hurt my feelings because it wasn't true. And it's like, it hurt my feelings, I guess, because it's sensitive for me because I actually live my life the opposite way. And the message said like this, it is an abomination that you are charging people for your online platform, especially during challenging times like this. Be a good person and open up your website for everyone to practice for free. It is not yoga to charge for what you do. And it was like, matter of fact, like basically you, you should, you should do this for free. I cannot believe that you're charging for these things. And it triggered me because one, I do a lot of things for free. We just had the platform open for 30 days to like in a scary kind of detriment to the site where we had the first two weeks of like, holy shit, we don't know if we're going to make it. <laughs> People start like unsubscribing, leaving the platform because now it's free. Why should they pay? How are we going to pay our bills? Like we're a business. We're not, a, it's not a nonprofit anyway. And I felt triggered by that. And then I sat with that and I was like, okay, I feel triggered because it's not true. I feel triggered because actually I spend a lot of time giving. I spend a lot of time giving for free. There's a lot of things that I put out into the world that are free. I have a lot of, lot of nonprofits that I give an enormous amount of money and time and energy to, you know, every day. And then I started drafting this response and I was like, hi you know, trying to be diplomatic, like the Libra on me who's like, it's very clear to me that, that, you know, may maybe there's a, a challenge in your life right now. Like I can see that you're hurting and I understand this angle of, of course, you know, and wouldn't it be amazing if we lived in a world where we could, we could all just gift everything. And I just started, da, da, da. and actually we had this one month that was free and now I need to pay my employees. And I drafted this whole thing. And as I'm writing it, I just get this icky, icky feeling in the bottom of my stomach, like just feeling of like, Ugh, nausea, just, just writing 
this person, just explaining myself and why I do business the way I do business and what's going on. And actually, I do a lot of good in the world. And fuck that. <laughs> like it just hit me mid response of like, I do not have to explain myself to anybody. It is not like up, up to me to explain everything I do to everyone just because they don't agree with what I do. I don't have to tell the world I do great things all the time. I don't have to justify my actions. I don't have to justify the fact that we are a business and we charge for a platform that we work really hard at every day, like a valuable thing that we put out into the world where we deserve to have an equal exchange of energy. Like I do not have to sit here and waste my time explaining myself to people that probably have decided that you know, they're not here anyway. They're not in this for what I do anyway. Like it's not worth it. And I just deleted the, the response and, and went on with my day. Right. And so much time has been spent, at least for me, like explaining my actions and not just online, but in real life, you know, and how often do we do that to ourselves? Like allow other people to second, you know, to make us second guess ourselves in a way. And I think having boundaries put into place, even and it doesn't even have to be boundaries that I maybe even have to communicate, but for me to know, like, hey, I don't have to explain myself if I don't feel like it. Oh, cool. Wow. You know, if it feels draining, if it's something that challenges my mental health, if it's something that I feel, you know, maybe is violent or hateful, which sometimes happens online, like I don't have to... I don't even have to follow that lead. I don't have to go down that rabbit hole and get lost in that space. I can choose to walk away. I can choose to exclude that person from my space the same way I would if it was a person in my real life, right? So, so inspired by Haley and, and, and setting boundaries. And I'm kind of experiencing this in so many ways in, in relationships and in relationships that have kind of been solidified for me that I've actually thought that, this is what the relationship is. You know, maybe you have a relationship like that where it's it's a long one. It's one that's lasted for a long time. Maybe it's very intimate. Maybe it's with a close friend or a family member or a coworker. And you've just kind of settled with the fact that this is what this relationship is like, right? And then you wake up one day and you realize, I don't feel good. <laughs> this relationship is not making me feel good. For me, the realization has been, I am giving way more than I receive in return. And this does not feel like a fair energy exchange. It's not. That feeling of like fair energy exchange, it's showing up for me left and right. Like it's almost like the universe is like, hey, let's get really clear on your output and the output and the input in your life in every single way, in every relationship, when it comes to money and abundance, when it comes to business, when it comes to family, every area of your life. Let's look at the input and the output here and where there is an imbalance. Where in your life are you giving more than you receive in return? What relationship do you feel like the person on the other end is kind of draining your energy, but never there to, to lift you back up when you need support, right? Or where in your life do you have friends who only show up when something terrible is happening, but they're never there to celebrate with you and things are going well? Where in your life do you have that person who constantly steps on your toes or constantly leeches off of you in some way or tries to take advantage or, you know, puts themselves in that place of being a martyr and you constantly have to be the person to save or help them. I have lived that way my whole entire life with this idea in the back of my head as if I'm the one who's here to serve everybody, 
My reason for existing in this life is to help other people and to be there for other people and to pour myself into other people, whether that's my kindness, my time, my energy, my money, funds, work, whatever it is. That's my job to just give to everybody. And my eyes have just been open, you know, because I'm in the advanced class of the regular class I'm always in, where it just occurred to me that that is not my job. It is not my job at all to give and give and give and give. And then I started looking at all these areas of my life where there was an imbalance there, where actually I wasn't receiving in return, where actually it didn't make sense for that person to have that place in my life at all, where actually I should have put a boundary down long, long, long ago. And just getting to that realization of, I can put a boundary there. Like, actually, it's not crazy. Actually, it's not even hurtful. What's hurtful is dragging a relationship on that isn't serving either person, right? Because even the person who's on the other end, you know, maybe it is that kind of energy leeching person in your life or a person who takes advantage or a person that isn't trustworthy, like whatever it is, for them to stay in that dynamic is also not helpful for them right? Being codependent with someone, it's not helpful for that person either. And it keeps them locked in that same dynamic where they also stay stuck, right? So me thinking that I'm like helping people by, you know, everyone who has a need, it's like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I'll I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll be there. I'll take care of that. I'll lend you some money. I'll give you this thing. I'll be there forever. I'll be on the phone for five hours. I'll give you whatever you want. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give, you know? And it, realizing that it is not my job. And if it doesn't feel good to give, I don't have to. And of course, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go from being a giving generous person to a a greedy, like hateful person who doesn't give anybody anything. No, I think what it's going to do is align me with a place in myself where I actually organically, naturally really want to give from my heart. And then the time and the energy and the love that I'm able to give or the money or whatever it is, it's going to have a totally different energy. And suddenly that input and output and what I get in return, it's going to feel even, right? Because it's like giving from a genuine place instead of giving from a place of thinking that that's what I have to do. It's been a huge thing, actually. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so, I'm so, <laughs> I obviously love Glennon Doyle. If you haven't read her new book, Untamed, I know you've read it, the whole world's read it, but it's so good. And she has a line in there that also struck me hard, like kind of hard. She talks about when she started getting, becoming successful as a writer and she started, you know, making some money and feeling abundant and then started her nonprofit. And she wrote it like this. She said, of course, because she had to give, right? And she wrote it like this, because for a woman to do well, she also has to do good. (laughs) And that's kind of the feeling that I have that I have had drilled in the back of my brain. It's like, it's not okay to just do well. You also have to give it away. Like whatever comes my way, I have to give it up. And realizing now that that is not true, you know, it's anchored into this old limiting belief that isn't even real anymore, right? It isn't even true. It doesn't have to be true unless I make it true every day. But that I can choose to be there and show up for the people that I love when I can, when I want to, when it's real and big. And not at the drop of every hat, you know, throw myself to help the other person just because now they need me. It's like, yeah, I've lived like that my whole life. Everybody needs me all the time. And at the end of the day, there's nothing left for me. Is it strange that I've burnt out 
<laughs> you know, it's strange that I'm frustrated that I'm not feeling safe. It's like I've spent a lot of time trying to make sure other people have what they need that I've to the point of forgetting to look at my own and myself. And it's not a shameful thing to want to take really good care of ourselves. It's not a shameful thing to put ourselves first. It's not a shameful thing to hold on to what you have. It doesn't make you selfish. doesn't make you egotistical. doesn't make you a bad person, right? It means you're filling your cup to the point of, you know, hopefully one day that cup overflows and it's going to be a natural thing to give something away. doesn't mean that you have to do it, Right? And if you're in that, and I'm not talking about money right now, I'm talking about that energy, that energetic exchange of kindness, of love, of support, of advice, of showing up for other people. For me right now, my big, big realization is it's time I show up for myself. That's it. That's it. The question I want to ask every single day when I wake up really is how can I show up for myself to the best possible degree that I can today? Because in the end of the day, wanting to serve and be of service for other people, <laughs> it's directly impacted by how I feel inside. And when I'm drained, when I feel empty, when I'm burnt out, when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, I can't be of service to anybody, right? I think I am, you know, because I'm giving a lot away, but it's like, I'm not aligned with my true longing of service because I'm not serving myself yet. These are all, yeah, <laughs> it's almost like the eye openers of being able to set a boundary. And it's looked like, like telling a person in my life, Hey, I don't want to talk about this with you. You know, maybe you have a person in your life who won't stop talking about something that triggers you a lot. I've had that absolutely had that. And it felt like it's my responsibility to listen to that, to listen to that story so I can help them. And then realizing that every time this person talks about this, it triggers me because that hurt me <laughs> in my past. That was so hurtful. That was so scary for me that that didn't make me feel safe. So that when this person keeps talking about that, it's triggering and it makes me feel unsafe all the time. It's like someone's like opening that wound again and again. It's like, hey, let's not let's not do this. Actually, it doesn't feel good for me when you talk about these things. Could you please stop? Oh, wasn't that hard actually. Right. Setting that kind of boundary was like, okay, I can do that. It's it's an empowering thing to start laying down some parameters, not just in terms of how we are willing to engage with the world, but how we want the world to engage with us. Right. So if you are in that place right now where you are or have become some sort of dumping ground for other people's problems, a dumping ground for people's feelings, for their fears, or in that space where you're giving and not receiving in return, right? That feeling of that feeling of being taken advantage of, if it's there or present in your life in any way, like let's really get clear with where is that coming from and what is the role you have been playing to allow this to happen in your life? Because that's a really, really, really big one. The things that reoccur, the things that happen again and again, you play a role in that as well when it comes to these relationships being allowed to exist. It's like me in that relationship where I put that boundary down. Every time I allowed that person to talk that way but didn't say anything, I allowed for that dynamic to continue. I made that relationship possible because I didn't say anything, right? I didn't set the boundary. So the change actually has to come from us if it's in those areas of our lives where, where we can, where we can be empowered enough to talk about it, 
draw that line in the sand and go, hey, I got to do what's best for me, right? I got to take care of myself. And it's kind of a, a radical idea, I think, especially, especially for women. And I think especially if you're a mom, when we have it kind of imprinted in us that it's our job to take care of everybody else. We kind of have that. I think, I mean, so many of us do, but especially women, like it's our job to be the nurturer, to nourish other people, to save, to rescue, to fix, to be there, you know, all the time for everybody else. It's a radical thing to wake up one morning and decide, hey, I'm going to be there for myself, right? What would that look like if I really lived my life that way? Man, oh man. (laughs) It kind of excites me to the point of like, crazy laughter like that's that's really how I feel about that another an example of that and this is something that literally just happened this was yesterday afternoon teeny tiny thing so I have been practicing in my day-to-day especially now with with the pandemic carving out time in the day for myself where no one depends on me in any way right completely completely and this is kind of hard and and my husband doesn't struggle with this he'll go hey I'm going surfing bye and he'll go for three hours and, and he'll go surf and when he comes home, he doesn't ask, hey, did Leia eat? Did she brush her teeth? Did she take a bath? Like he knows that all those things happen, right? When I do those kinds of things, if I stay at home or if I'm like, I'm going to go practice and then I hear her crying and then, you know, she's still crying. I go outside and then I prepare so the food is ready. And then, you know, Dennis will stick his head on him and be like, hey, did she drink that? Or is that still good? Or, you know, so it's kind of like I'm, I want my me time but I haven't set firm enough boundaries of actually saying, hey, I'm going to take an hour to myself. No one is allowed to disturb me and really keep that boundary there. That's the thing. So when I allow him to stick his head in or when I leave the room and I go, hey, here's the thing she's looking for. I can hear she's crying about it. Then it's like I'm the one to break my own boundary. And that just tells everybody that this isn't sacred time. Anyone can disturb mommy at any time. And that happens all the time for me right? And it's me, like I am the one who breaks that boundary or I'm in a meeting and then Leah walks into the office space and I let her stay because it's like, yeah, I can manage this meeting with her here. It's okay. When actually like, hey, you know what? Like this is like, I need to do this now. So I'm practicing this. And then yesterday I told Dennis like, okay, hey, I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend 30 minutes in the garden. He was, he went for a run. He was, he was away like an hour and a half. And then he came back and I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in the garden for 30 minutes. This is my me time. Leah's inside. So like, don't disturb me. Okay. And I garden, I have my music on and I'm like, mm, like feeling, feeling myself, feeling my garden, like enjoying my moment. And then Dennis comes out. He's like, Hey shit, I'm so sorry. Fuck. I forgot to bring the neighbor, this helmet that I borrowed. Um, I'll be back in like five minutes. Okay. And then he just starts walking out and I go, my immediate gut reaction is like, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just five minutes, right? It's just five minutes. I can go back in the house and be with Leah. It's just five minutes, but something inside of me, and this is a tiny thing. I know I don't want to make it like you know, like it's a bad, terrible thing, but something inside of me was like, no. (laughs) And he was on his way out the door, like what? And I went, no, no, it is not okay. No, five minutes is not okay. This is, you had your run. You were away a long time. This is my time to be in the garden. No. And he just looked at me like, man, oh yeah, I guess I can go. I can go later. I I can do it later. I can go another time. I was like, thank you. And then he went back in the house, left the helmet, stayed with Leia, and I resumed my gardening moment. (laughs) I can kind of laugh at this now because it's like a silly thing and, you know, but it means a lot. It seems like a silly thing because it's small, right? But 
it means a lot. So me keeping that boundary there or setting that, resetting that boundary again of like, no, this is my time. These are my 30 minutes. They're just for me. It is not okay to leave. Even if it's five minutes, even if it's go to take a piss, like, no, this is your time. You know, the same way I show up fully for the family all the time, for Leah all the time, like everyone else around in my life, especially Dennis, needs to do that the same way and give me that privacy and respect that this is my space, right? And it felt really good. It felt kind of weird. I kind of felt like when I walked back in the house, like I should apologize. Like I had that instinct of like, you know, maybe it came out with like fire when I was like, no. But then I realized, hey, that's just how used to breaking my own boundary, right? I'm so used to doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I know I'm supposed to be doing this for myself, but it's okay. She's hungry now. Or I knew I wanted to like go for a run or I wanted to practice, but but someone has a need. So I'll just abandon myself and attend to that need. And it's automatic. It's automatic. And for at least when I talk to my friends, it's like a lot of, for a lot of our husbands or the dad role, it, it doesn't work the same way, right? It's really like, hey, I'm going for a surf. I'm going for a surf. Like, that's just what's happening. I'm in the apartment. Like, he'll, Dennis will go biking. He'll bike for two hours. Nothing will disturb that. It's not in his second nature to abandon that, to tend to other things, you know, because I'm the person who has that role in the family. And when I came back inside, I was like, I should I apologize that I said, no, he can't go drop this helmet off for five minutes. And I thought, no, maybe he should apologize to me for not respecting my 30 minutes in the garden. <laughs> And then I thought, maybe we don't have to apologize at all. And we can just like, <laughs> you know, address, address this as like a, hey, I set a boundary there. It felt really good. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's not a huge thing, but it kind of is a huge thing. And for every time we do that for ourselves, right? Every time you choose yourself over tending to the other person's need, every time you trust the other people in your life to also step up, it's actually giving them space to do it, Right? To not have them have that second nature of, I can leave at any time because mom's going to pick this up. But to actually be like, hey, oh, I'm the only one in charge. Mom is not available. She really isn't. It's like she's not here, <laughs> right? So I'm not going to disturb no matter what happens. Like, I'm really going to respect that. This is my time now to be with the kid. She's doing that. Every time we just affirm that to ourselves, we draw that line in the sand. Every time we choose ourselves and we choose to meet our needs over other people's needs, even the needs of our children. And that's so hard. But every time we do that, every time we choose ourselves, it's like we can breathe a little deeper. It's like we can stand a little taller. We can hold our chins up a little higher and we can feel more solid and prioritized in our own lives. It's like we're going to be empowered to make the changes that we actually want to make and move toward the life we actually want to have because we are the ones in charge and we matter. We matter. What matters really, really, really is how you feel every day. And putting ourselves at the top of that list is kind of a radically amazing, epic thing to do. Yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> that's my rant about boundaries. So would love, to, would love to leave you with, you know, if you're finding yourself in the advanced version of the class that you're always in right now, if you are sitting with big, hard things, right, changes, challenges, crazy stuff that's suddenly coming your way, take a moment to really reflect on how is this already present in your life somehow? How has this always been playing out in your relationships? How has this feeling kind of been there deep inside nagging at you all the time, 
right? And what does it say about how you've lived your life and maybe some major changes that you are ready to actually make, to set that boundary, to leave that relationship, to really decide to choose yourself every single day, right? To change the the dynamics of relationships that maybe haven't been working in your life. You have the power to do that. You do. You really, really, really do. We are in this place right now for a reason. And I think we should, we should squeeze all the learning that we possibly can get out of it. So it makes it feel like when crazy hard things come our way, like, okay, you know, it's here for a reason. Let's go. <laughs> let's look at that. Let's sit with that. Let's feel that, you know, let's take it all the way. All roads lead to the same place, right? We're all just finding our way back home to ourselves every single day. I want to thank you so much for listening. Really, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for respecting my boundaries, which I actually don't know if I have <laughs> if I have if I have set them yet for this these kinds of relationships that we have from afar. But uh, I think it's intriguing, right? How can we actually get really firm with with every relationship in our lives? And I'm so grateful that you're here listening, doing this practice alongside with me, just being who you are every single day. It means a lot and empowers me to be who I am too. So thank you so much. Yoga Girl Podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.